listening to the Loving BDSM podcast, mini episode number five. It's me back again, as always with these mini episodes, Kayla Lords. This week, we're talking about a topic that a lot of people love, one we have definitely done longer episodes on, so there's more to listen to about this if you're interested, uh, and that is humiliation play. And in this episode specifically, we're going to sort of define kind of what that is and what that means. Um, some people engage in it and don't even know that's kind of what they're doing. And some people know they don't like it, but don't know how to say, hey, I don't like this thing. So that's what we're going to talk about this week. Welcome to the Loving BDSM podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Tuesday and Friday for your kinky pleasure and education. And show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. If you love what you hear, we'd love a good review wherever you listen to us to help other kinksters find us. You can follow the show on Twitter at LovingBDSM, on FetLife at LovingBDSMPC, on Instagram at the handle I will forever fucking hate, LovingDS and the number one, LovingDS1, or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash LovingBDSM. All links are in the show notes. A big thank you to this week's sponsor, BDSMcontracts.org. If you're looking to design or redesign your power exchange, especially with the state of the world as it is right now, uh, use a contract to start the conversation. Now look, contracts are not required. We do not think every DS relationship needs them, but some people like them. They like the structure, they like the help, they like having it written down or um, in a digital format. And so that's why these things exist. Um, contracts give you plenty of ideas for rules and specific to bdsmcontracts.org, they do cover a lot of important topics. So you don't have to try to remember everything you need to cover. It'll be there for you. We love BDSM contracts. We've done reviews. We've done giveaways. We've worked with them a lot. We adore them. We were talking about them before we knew them personally. So they are a place that we really, um, encourage you to go to if you are interested in a contract. You can purchase hard copies, digital downloads, or both. Uh, if you go to the special link of bdsmcontracts.org slash lovingds, you'll save 20% off your purchase. That's bdsmcontracts.org slash lovingds, or just use the link in the show notes. Okay, we're going to get into what is humiliation play. And like a lot of things in kink, um, there are a lot of different ways this gets referred to. So you might not have heard of humiliation play, or you might hear that and go, mm, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Other ways people refer to this, uh, erotic humiliation, humiliation kink, humiliation fetish. It's all kind of the same thing, some form of humiliation or embarrassment within the context of a BDSM scene or a power exchange relationship. Before we get into like sort of diving into what this is and what this can look like, let us talk first and foremost about the fact that consent is required in all of this. Um, even the lightest form of humiliation play, like calling your partner, your submissive or bottom partner, like a, a name that you wouldn't call them in any other context, even that light little bit needs consent, y'all, because people respond to things differently and something that your last partner really loved or that thing you saw in porn or read in erotica that somebody really loved, your real life partner in front of you might not. So um, if you want to look into this more, explore this more, just remember everybody's got a consent to it. Everybody can withdraw their consent at any point. John Brownstone and I engage in some humiliation play, but with very clear limits on what is and isn't okay. 
as all play should be figured out within your limits. So let's talk about the different types of humiliation play. Um, the one thing to remember is what one person considers humiliating, embarrassing, mortifying. Another person might not. So this is very, very subjective. Um, one type is just verbal. This is calling a partner names, being made to say things you wouldn't normally say, mockery, scolding, insults, belittling language. The lightest form I can think of is when um, a dominant partner might call their submissive a dirty little slut, a dirty little whore. Like that's language that one, if somebody's called that, you that in a vanilla setting, if your eyebrows don't go up and you don't go, what? I would be shocked because most of us would be like, who the fuck are you talking to? But maybe in the context of this sexy thing you're doing together, that sounds really hot. Well, technically, because those are sort of belittling words for most people, that would come under the um, category of humiliation play. Uh, the next one is physical. So this might be wearing very specific clothing that you would not normally wear that kind of embarrasses you, doing certain tasks, public shaming, embarrassment, scolding, being treated like an animal. And I don't mean in a pet play kind of way. Um, certain forms of impact play can come under the umbrella of humiliation play. Spankings, if it's because you did something wrong and you feel ashamed. Uh, face slapping, face slapping, I love face slapping. Face slapping hits me in both kinks. It's definitely a form of impact play and I love the sting and, and y'all know I don't like sting, but I love that kind of sting and I love how the pain and the redness just sort of blooms on my cheeks, oh my gosh. But also it's a, it's an assault, it's an affront, it's in my space in a way that most of us have been taught in society, you do not hit somebody that way. And there is a, a bit of mortification at the idea that my face could be smacked and I fucking love it. Um, degradation. Now, I tend to see this when I witness it online. It's in the most extreme forms. And so that's what I use as examples. And that's like being a human toilet. Totally not my thing. Licking or cleaning something dirty with your mouth. I've seen boot licking, which can come under all kinds of different kinks, but absolutely has an element of humiliation. I have certainly seen the porn clips of somebody licking a toilet, which just ah, makes me gag. I'm sure there's a fetish or kink uh, of some sort that involves that specific act. But think about if you are embarrassed, humiliated, or mortified at the idea of it, not just grossed out because yeah, I'm with you if you're grossed out, that can absolutely be humiliation play. Um, then there is sort of a sexual form of humiliation play and all of these things can be sexual, but there are some that are, um, specific to sex. So cuckolding, um, being, quote, forced to know or to watch your partner, usually, usually, but not always a, um, part of female partner, uh, whether they have a vulva or not, you know, a woman have sex with another man while their male partner, um, watches. That is very heteronormative. I'm aware of that. That is the most, um, there's a word, words are hard. That's probably the most stereotypical one that we see. That doesn't mean that's the only way cuckolding occurs. But if you were like, what the fuck is that word? That, if you've ever seen that, then you know what that is. Um, I'm gonna use the words forced here, but forced in the context of consent. I consented to be forced. Uh, forced penetration, forced orgasm, forced masturbation. We're going to do this thing and you're going to like it even though, right. 
it's a little bit of consensual non-consent, which is a form of edge play and it's a very great area. We got to be very careful. But you know, if you know that at any point you can withdraw your consent and you are consenting to this moment, even though it's embarrassing or it's humiliating or it's, you know, it's hitting you on that deep emotional level, that's what we're talking about. Um, again, as with all lists we create, this is not a comprehensive list. Um, one that was not added when we originally wrote the blog post where this uh, recording is coming from, but that is um, interesting to me. And it, I, I learned about the concept of this as part of humiliation play from um, one of Evie Lupin's videos. I will try to link to it in the show notes because it's a really good video. Um, and that is on actually, you know, giving compliments and saying nice things. Uh, that can be very embarrassing for some people. They are not comfortable being told really good things, whether they're true or not about themselves. Um, I know I get a little like, I get, I, my cheeks get red. It's a little embarrassing. It's a very, it can be a very light form of humiliation play because you're not tap dancing on somebody's psyche in a negative way at that point. Um, you're actually saying good things about them. But if they are embarrassed by that, then you're playing in a form of humiliation play. Um, and that might be a way to start too. You never know. So remember, I said this, I said this, I said this. Humiliation is subjective. What one person finds humiliating, another person might not, especially if it's tapping into a different kink. So like, let's go back to that whole being used as a human toilet, licking something dirty, right? For some people, that's that's a kink or a fetish of theirs to just do the act. They're, they're not necessarily thinking about, oh, how embarrassing, oh, how mortifying. They're loving the kink itself and the emotions that are there are positive and joyful. For others, some of us, because we, I would not, but others who might really love the degradation part, they will do it. They don't want to be doing that thing. They want to be degraded. You see, it becomes subjective. Another way it's subjective is the, if you use verbal humiliation, call your partner names. Um, I can be called all kinds of names, but there are certain names I cannot be called because I know they will trigger a very negative reaction. I will be taken out of the, the moment and the kink and the joy easily and quickly. So I can be called personally, I can be called slut, whore, dirty little girl. Like it's kind of sexy in the right tone. Sounds silly when I say it, but that's another thing. But John Brownstone cannot call me fat, pig, cow, uh, stupid. I don't, I don't have a negative reaction to stupid. I laugh like <laughs> I've lost the thread of the kink at that point because I know I'm not stupid. So I'm going to laugh at you. But fat pig cow, all of those things that talk about body types and and um, weight and those kinds of things, those are things I was called as a child. And so if you call me that now, I will have a much different reaction. I will not be an excited reaction. It will be a, okay, we now have to stop this whole scene because I've, I've lost it. So if you're going to play with humiliation play, you need to know your partner really well. And to the best of your ability, you need to know yourself. If you know something is going to upset you in a, a negative way, you need to, to speak up some things like every kind of play we do. You won't know till you're in the moment. You just you just won't. Um, but if you kind of know, like I cannot be um, degraded and embarrassed in front of a group of people very well. I can do a scene where I'm getting smacked around. I may be being called those names I like, 
but um, John Brownstone could not talk negatively about me as part of a scene to other people. I would not be able to handle that well because it, that touches on some like stuff that I go to therapy about. And so it's not sexy to me. Um, so those are the kinds of things to be aware of and to understand why it's so subjective. It is very personal to the people involved. Uh, we have to talk about safety. We absolutely have to talk about safety. Um, I know there are going to be some people who are like, but it's just words. Yeah. Uh, that sticks and stones, uh, bullshit is bullshit. Words fucking hurt. Words stick with you. I have gone to therapy more over the words said to me than any actions ever done to me. Words freaking matter. So, um, some things to think about. Obviously you need consent. You've got to be talking about it. You'll be talking about what you mean. If you don't just go to your partner and go, let's try humiliation play. You've got to get into the nitty gritty of what that means to you and then have that back and forth with them to determine if it's even something you want to try. Um, you need to be able to, to the best of your ability, to the best that you know them, talk about triggers and past experiences and mental illnesses and things that you know that are negatives for you. Both partners need to be able to share some of that at least within the context of the scene you're, you're talking about trying, um, within the play doms tops, constantly check in constantly, constantly, constantly check in. Um, everybody handles things that trigger them differently. Some people shut down. Some people can't speak. Some people can't respond. They're numb. They are in shock. They, they just can't. So if you're checking in the rule we have in our relationship, regardless of the play, if John Brownstone checks in and I can't give him a verbal response, he stops at least until we figure out what's going on. Um, so do that so that it's easier on your partner, because sometimes when we are taken back to a negative space in what we thought was going to be this really positive play experience, we don't even have words. We don't even know how to respond. That's your job as a dom or top to stop the scene and get us to where we can, we're in a better headspace to actually have this conversation. Um, have a safe word or a safe gesture, but use check-ins. Don't just rely on a safe word or safe gesture. That is a universal safety tip. Um, aftercare is very important for both partners. Now your definition of aftercare will be unique to you. I'm not going to tell you how to do aftercare, but at the very least offer it both parties. Um, the suburb bottom who has been humiliated, uh, embarrassed, degraded, mortified, whatever may need some reassurance that they're a really wonderful human being and you genuinely care about them. I know I do. I need to hear good girls and I need to hear how great I am. Um, but it goes the other way too. A dom needs a bit of aftercare as long as they're willing to accept it. Um, to know that they're not the worst person ever for calling you those names or doing those things to you. Um, I would, I'd always recommend talking about scenes after they happen, maybe not in the immediate aftermath, maybe not during aftercare, unless you're, you're able to, but at some point sort of do a recap, do a, there's another word and I have lost it. Um, but go over it again so that you can kind of see what worked, what didn't, what might be you might've done differently next time. Maybe what needs to change for next time. Did you even enjoy that? Do you want to try that again? Sometimes you try a thing to say you tried it and you're like, okay, we can check that off the list. I'm not interested anymore. Um, so have those conversations. Um, always stop if you need to stop both sides of the slash and don't do what doesn't feel good. Um, here's the thing as always a reminder when we're talking about any kind of kinky play, your kink is not my kink, but your kink is okay. If this does not appeal to you, you do not have to do it. There's no requirement. Okay. If it does appeal to you, you can 
do just the things that appeal to you within humiliation play and reject all of the rest, okay? There's no requirement that says that just because you're like, I'm kind of interested in this, I now have to do all the things in it. Nope, nope, nope. Pick and choose. Treat it like the buffet that it is. Try the things that look interesting. Only go back for the things you really enjoyed. Um, and probably good buffet advice is to try not to overdo it because then you just have a sick stomach and you can't keep going. That we could do, I could do a whole thing on that analogy. So um, humiliation play is is unique to all of us. Some people hate it. Some people love it. Some people only love certain parts of it. I only love certain parts of it. Um, I don't want all of it. Uh, And that is okay. And if you do enjoy it, just so you know, you're not bad. You're not wrong. You're not broken. There's not something inherently wrong with you because you like to be called awful names or to do things that in any other context you would, you, you would never do. That's part of what kink is. It's an expression of these internal desires that don't always have to make sense. As long as they feel good, to us and they are consensual and we are as safe as possible. That's really all that matters. Okay. I'm gonna stop lecturing now. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you want to think and talk and learn more about humiliation play, I have links in the show notes. As always, we did do a full length podcast episode on it. Um, because it is something that uh, we really enjoyed. Um, and like I said, I'll try to, I'll, I'll go find Evie's video because that was really cool as compliments, the concept that compliments can be embarrassing. And so that can actually saying nice things to your partner can actually come under humiliation play. I really enjoyed that. Uh, Another thanks to this week's sponsor, BDSM Contracts. If you're working on your power exchange relationship and want to use a formal contract, head to bdsmcontracts.org slash lovingds. You'll save 20% off. Uh, You can use the link in the show notes um, or just go to bdsmcontracts.org slash lovingds. Thanks for listening and we'll be back with you soon. Bye y'all.